We are living in a time where technological progress create available miracles on a daily basis that religious scriptors would have been doing cartwheels around a thousand or two thousand years ago. This is C-Suite, the podcast where you'll hear stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts about how to stay connected and protected. Every episode, we'll explore different cyber challenges and highlight the many ways we can enhance our online security, reduce the likelihood of attacks, and improve our digital confidence. I'm your host, Claudette McGowan. It's definitely not comforting to think of those big tech giants like TikTok or Uber having full access to my personal information. But at the end of the day, I think those kinds of services do add a lot of extra convenience to my everyday life. In the 2020s, data is playing an increasingly essential role in the effective business operations everywhere. Companies big and small are now in the business of collecting a wide variety of data on everything from your favorite color to your physical location that can ultimately serve a number of different purposes. Indeed, data is the name of the game, but having privileged access to a wealth of salient information comes with major responsibilities. Are most companies ready for the challenge? Given the challenges and ethical dilemmas that have cropped up as a result of the ongoing reliance on data to improve business practices, one might be led to believe that more data automatically leads to more problems. Hey, Sarah, Robinhood disclosing a data security incident. In a blog post out just now, the company says this happened last Wednesday. An unauthorized party socially engineered a customer support employee by phone. They say the outside party got a list of email addresses for about 5 million people and then full names for a different group of approximately 2 million people. Now to that massive Yahoo hack. Let's go to ABC's Rebecca Jarvis for the latest on that. And Rebecca, just how big was this? More than a billion accounts possibly compromised. That's right, Robin. This was the biggest hack of one company users ever. And it's a big deal because of the information that we believe the hackers have obtained. However, the opposite is true. More data can help businesses improve the customer experience personalize the sales journey, and ultimately scale up by making use of important insights gleaned from a rich data collection. Data is nothing to be feared. On the contrary, it's a powerful tool that can help us all level up in every area. Alexandra Ebert, Chief Trust Officer at Mostly AI, explains the conundrum many businesses are facing today when it comes to data. I think many organizations today have this fundamental dilemma that they're facing. On the one hand, there's this increasing pressure to make use of data, to innovate and to build more personalized services for their customers. But on the other hand, we also see all these emerging privacy regulations and also this public pressure that's increasing uh, for organizations to really strengthen the privacy protection and limit what they do with customer data. 
I think this is really a big challenge that's hard to overcome because, of course, organizations on the one hand need to innovate, but on the other hand, they also want to respect the laws and the requirements and requests from the customers. So really being able to reconcile these two conflicting goals, I think, would be one of the key challenges that we help organizations also to address with synthetic data. Doug Merritt is the CEO of Splunk a company that helps businesses achieve data-driven outcomes in a way that's private, safe, and secure. Like Alexandra, he's well-versed in the power data collection brings to businesses. What we have seen that as businesses become more of a data business because they're emphasizing software, the overall success rate and productivity rate of those that have fully embraced data, understanding data and using data, it's they're literally double as innovative as those that are not. Alexandra believes that the key issues at play when it comes to data aren't necessarily to do with too much data, but not enough access to the right kinds of data. Of course, we see some data hoarding going on currently, but in general, I would say there's not necessarily too much data because data is an asset and it holds this enormous potential to really significantly impact uh, an organization's business. So you really have to just figure out uh, how you make use of your data and how you get value out of it. But of course, the more data you have, the risk also accumulates. The risk of breaches, the risks of misuse, the risk of regulatory violations. And therefore, we see some organizations that tend to course correct and instead of hoarding data, go more the data minimization route and trying to have as little data as possible. But I would say that's also not the most sustainable approach to it because moving forward, having data and making use out of data, I think will be essential for organizations to to keep and gain a competitive advantage over competitors. Plus, if you have too little data, it's potentially not possible to really build outstanding customer experiences, digital customer experiences for your customer base. Again, I wouldn't say that organizations necessarily have a data overload, but more a lack of capacity and means to to make use of the data and get, get value out of it. And I would say one of the biggest hurdles to get value out of data is to actually get access to this data. What we hear from clients is that it usually takes them, depending on whether this is an internal or external project, between three to sometimes even eight months until they get access to data. And then due to legacy anonymization techniques, the result of the data that they receive is not as granular as they would have wished for. Although Alexandra believes in the power of data, when it comes to helping businesses make informed decisions, she also acknowledges the risks associated with it. She shared a few examples of data horror stories that have occurred over the years due to improper methods of data collection or other errors. There are many examples where organizations and where also senior leaderships or leadership teams of organizations thought that what they shared was anonymous data and then sadly had to find out it was not. What comes to my mind here, for example, is in 2014, there some taxi trips were, were made publicly available. And data scientists actually were able to connect those anonymous, supposedly anonymous taxi trips with some publicly available photos of celebrities and thereby identify home addresses and private information of those celebrities. 
And I think that's a big issue because not having security measures in place is one thing, but having security measures in place where you assume and think and hope that they work, but in fact they don't, I think is even worse because this just introduces risky behavior and introduces issues that you're not even aware of until somebody finds out and you have to deal with the consequences and the privacy fines that go hand in hand with that. Doug Merritt also recognizes that it's not always an easy task for organizations to seamlessly integrate the use of data into their operations. He explains that with the data revolution, a whole new set of logistical challenges have reared their head, and many companies are struggling to keep up with the complexities. It's really difficult to prevent all bad things from happening. There's just so many extremely well-funded bad actors out there that are hyper-organized, and the penalties, it's hard to track them down, and it's hard to really bring them to justice. So when I talk to my mom, I say, okay, so imagine we lived in a world where we have windows and doors in the houses, and you've got alarm systems on them, but the bad guys don't care if they just barge on in through the house and the alarm goes off and walk by, they'll, they'll throw a rock through the window and crawl through. Now, what that means is you better have really good, you know, everything better have alarms on it, and you better have a team that's ready to respond as soon as that alarm happens, so you can stop them from taking stuff back out of the house. But it's difficult to stop them from getting into the house, given, given where we sit at this moment in the cyber landscape. Um, and that ultimately, what I get excited about Splunk and, and tools like Splunk is, we, we all need that help to be able to see exactly what's happening on a millisecond by millisecond basis. And that's really the, the core of what we focus on as a company. So what can businesses do to leverage this abundance of data they now have at their fingertips without getting caught up in the weeds of it all? And more importantly, how can they protect themselves and their valued customers from potential disastrous data leaks? For Alexandra and the team at Mostly AI, part of the answer lies in using something called synthetic data instead of the real thing. Data synthesis is a sophisticated approach to data anonymization that really allows you to preserve all the utility of a data set, but it eliminates the risk of re-identification and also of privacy fines that are associated with this. Compared to legacy anonymization techniques like masking or obfuscating, synthetic data is significantly more secure. As mentioned, there's a growing body of research out there that shows how easy it is to re-identify data that was anonymized by legacy anonymization techniques. But with synthetic data, it's not possible to come back to the real individuals of your production data, of your customer data. It can't be re-identified. And only last week I spoke with one of the leading privacy researchers and de-identification researchers, and he also highlighted that he sees it as one of the main benefits of synthetic data, that it's much easier to evaluate and also ensure the privacy aspects of it, as opposed to de-identified real data sets where you still have some real data points in there because with synthetic data, it's all completely artificial. No real data points, no real data from your customers that could get lost or could get re-identified. So I think synthetic data is significantly more secure and definitely the way to go forward if your organization has the ambition to reconcile data usage and innovation with privacy protection. With the use of synthetic data being one of the top solutions when it comes to safe data collection, 
Alexandra had a few other cyber tips for leadership teams hoping to reduce the risk of an attack without missing out on the indisputable value data can bring to an organization and the world. So what should executives do who are struggling with all the challenges that are pointed out? First and foremost, educate themselves, their employees. Data literacy, I think, is a crucial skill that every employer for data-driven organizations should have. Second, making data readily available, data democratization. Without access to data, without access to granular level, highly realistic behavioral data, even the most data literate uh, community group of people or organization won't be able to get value out of data. So I think this is really a, a very important point to make your organization fit for the future. And then, of course, educate yourself about synthetic data. In the next one to two years, I think 70% of all AI training will be done on synthetic data. And that synthetic data really becomes an integral part of every organization's data strategy. So I think the time is ripe to really learn more about AI-generated synthetic data. So I think data literacy is really something that is relevant for everybody within an organization, not only the techie people from board members, uh, senior leadership to every employee. I think data literacy is one of the essential skills and really being in a position to understand data, being able to make sense of data, creating data uh, should be something that is addressed. My top cybersecurity tips, I would say one, reduce your attack surface without this diminishing business values. So more precisely, replace real data, replace use of production data wherever possible with, for example, synthetic data. And then for the remainder of it, use state-of-the-art privacy-enhancing technologies to protect it and make it as secure as possible. For Doug and the team at Splunk, part of the solution lies in experimenting with emerging technologies like cryptocurrencies, AI, and machine learning to protect data integrity. The underlying approach that that we keep focusing on is making sure that all data is available, making it easier and easier given the hundreds of technologies and tools that almost every organization has to deal with to both protect the estate and try and provide visibility around the estate, that the data from all of those different tools and technologies um, becomes part of that overall data lake and becomes useful in getting visibility and understanding what's happening across the uh, the landscape. Doug also notes that as the data landscape continues to grow in complexity, cloud technologies will be key in helping companies manage the volume. However, aside from all the tools, technologies, and platforms at our disposal today, he believes some good old-fashioned creative thinking will help us move forward effectively in this data-driven world. Then I think on the human side, ultimately, a lot of the change management is getting the employee base really curious about data and what data can do. There's a bunch of fun contests that we partner with with our customers. Um, We've got some frameworks in areas like security and IT where we, we gamify this. But I think creating incentives for folks within the organization to imagine what's possible with data. Um, And if you've got non-structured data lake like Splunk provides, you can now point employees without them having to go and find new data sources or curate those data sources. They can just begin to play with the data and see what outcomes they get to. Um, Because the imagination 
that winds up with these incredible solutions across organizations that certainly I, and I don't think most of our, the Splunk team would have envisioned, is really inspiring. As organizations learn to use data in smarter and safer ways, the average internet user will also need to get comfortable with the idea of trusting companies to handle their information wisely. Mackenzie is an avid social media user who works in digital media. She believes that as great customer experiences become the norm in industries like tech, social media, and e-commerce, we'll all need to hop on board the Data Express if we hope to benefit from these ever-improving, personalized services. It's definitely not comforting to think of those big tech giants like TikTok or Uber having full access to my personal information. But at the end of the day, I think those kinds of services do add a lot of extra convenience to my everyday life and valuable amenities. So at the end of the day, I don't really mind sharing my data and personal information with them if they are offering me something in return. And really, I think we're all going to get to a a certain level of comfort with this level of data sharing as we go on and as these services evolve. So I think um, it'll come to a point where it's really just like sharing personal data with the shopper across the street or or the restaurant down the road. Um, And it'll all just come down to trust and credibility. And do you trust that business to handle your data in a way that's trustworthy and effective and loyal? And in exchange, you'll get great service. So I think that's what it really comes down to in my books. Dealing with data doesn't have to be a stressful experience, as we've learned today. Alexandra and Doug shared some valuable insights about leveraging data to our advantage in business. Here are some of my key takeaways. There's no doubt about it, data is here to stay. Alexandra and Doug agreed that leveraging data to make informed business decisions and improve customer experiences is essential. So if businesses hope to succeed in this new landscape, learning to manage it effectively will be key. Learning more about how to leverage data is a crucial step for businesses to take as they learn to navigate the wealth of information at their disposal. As Alexandra suggests, taking steps like ensuring data literacy within the organization and making use of synthetic data are excellent ways to maximize the business value of data without sacrificing the safety and security of your customers. There are several new tools, technologies, and platforms at our disposal to help us deal with the complexity of data today while minimizing cybersecurity risks. However, in addition to these tools, out-of-the-box thinking and effective change management skills are essential for coming up with solutions to new challenges presented by the data revolution. Thank you to Alexandra and Doug for sharing your insightful tips. And thank you for listening to C-Suite. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Join me for the next episode airing on November 25th. I'm Claudette McGowan. And remember... With over 4 billion of us online, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves connected and protected.